This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 11th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, I've got a really great interview coming up today with Stacy Peterson, Chief Technology Officer for Wingstop, the world's largest chicken wing restaurant chain. But before Stacy joins us, we're going to hear from Drew Serza, the wing king himself, founder and promoter of the largest chicken wing festival in the world, the National Buffalo Wing Festival, which except for a COVID interruption last year, has taken place every Labor Day weekend since 2002 in, yes, Buffalo, New York, the birthplace of this once regional, now global culinary craze. Drew joins me to celebrate my surprise induction into the National Buffalo Wing Hall of Flame. This caught me completely by surprise for so many reasons, not the least of which is that I have chaired the Hall of Flame induction committee since 2006 and had absolutely no idea that Drew and my committee had made this decision. Collectively, we had selected two restaurant inductees for 2021, one local and one national. My committee, which by the way includes Buffalo Wild Wings co-founder Scott Lowry, all managed to keep me completely in the dark about their decision. Well, I guess turnabout is fair play. Back in 2011, the same year that I inducted Bill Murray for actually inspiring the festival in the first place with his role in the movie Osmosis Jones, it was that same year that the very same committee and I pulled an end run ourselves by inducting Drew along with Bill Murray, and we managed to keep him in the dark about it as well. Here now, the Wing King himself. Drew Serza, welcome to Franchise Today. Dan, it's always a pleasure to be with you, my friend. This is a big thing for us. These worlds that we live in, me, one leg into the franchise world, one leg that got stuck into the chicken wing world and never quite <laughs> broke free. And look what a big part of my life it's become. And Drew, you sneaky Pete's caught me blind. I had no idea, saw nothing coming. So, wow, what can I well, say? I'll tell you what, Stan, you've been such a friend, not just to me, but the whole chicken wing industry and all the chicken wing joints from across the country that have come to the wing fest a lot of startups and big national chains that have reached out for advice and you've always been there for them and you've always been there to grow the festival and even when we started the hall of flame back in 2006 and i asked you to become the chairman of it you didn't hesitate you said yes and every year as your listeners probably know we induct people that have taken chicken wings to the next level that really committed themselves to doing that so i know i kind of blew you away when i called you the other day stan but so well deserved you've really done so much for the industry and not just for all of franchising, but the chicken wing industry in particular, from my perspective. So we're proud to have you a part of the team here in the Hall of Flame, and we congratulate you on being inductee for 2021. It's a very well-deserved honor, if you ask me. Well, Drew, I've always treated this festival the same way that I've treated franchising. I've looked at the festival and saw it like I see the IFA convention every year, where franchisors from all over the globe come together, and we kind of reach into the franchise world through IFA, and we share, we care, and we're really a 
very strong group of interdependent professionals. I looked at the festival and saw all these chicken wing companies coming from all over the globe and everybody sharing with each other, everybody tasting each other's product, everybody talking about their recipes, everybody talking about how their business model may differ from the others. It was just like franchising. Nothing could be more <laughs> natural to me than what I enjoyed every year at the Chicken Wing Festival and National Buffalo Wing Festival to me was an extension of my franchising mentality. So it was an easy thing to be that way. It's just the way I am. <laughs> okay, natural for you. And you know, it's funny you say that because it's true. There's a lot of parallels with the franchising association where you, you get together, you know, for a big annual conference or a mini conferences. This Wing Fest is like the Super Bowl for the chicken wing industry. There never was a get together for the chicken wing industry. And that's what the Wing Fest has created. And it created this kind of brotherhood. And I think that's what we've all become, part of this brotherhood in the chicken wing industry. Well, it just all comes together between the different companies that participate, the tens of thousands of people that come to swill beer and eat hot wings <laughs> and the stage and all of the things that go on with competitive eating. It just the whole environment is just like a well-planned IFA convention. You've got a little bit of everything, but it is the camaraderie and it is the spirit of the brotherhood. You're completely right. Drew, I'm thrilled and honored. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to accept the award and to join just an incredible group of chicken wing industry professionals who have enjoyed this honor before me. Well, we're looking forward to a very special night with you, Stan, and proud to know you, my friend, and thanks for all you do for franchising and the chicken wing industry. Keep up the great work. Thanks. I'll look forward to seeing you real soon. Take care, my friends. A quick break here, and I'm back in two minutes or less with Wingstop CTO, Stacy Peterson. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% free programming options with nearly 50 channels of highly engaging and and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with nearly 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Jive and Red Bull TV, bloopers, superhuman feats, and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you instead of watching the clock and their wait times. Chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word FRANCHISE to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, text FRANCHISE to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. 
Stacy Peterson has served as Chief Technology Officer at Wingstop since May 2020. Previously, she had served in a number of technology, operations, and consumer experience roles for the brand, both as CIO and CXO. Stacy's past experience has also seen her serve as CIO for Service King, a Blackstone portfolio company where she led business transformation initiatives through system automation and centralization and in technology leadership roles at Kinko's FedEx office and CBRE before that. Stacy Peterson, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks, Dan. Happy to be here. Well, I'm pleased to have the opportunity to spend some time with you today for more than one or two reasons, too. I mean, Wingstop is just one of my favorite brands. To me, Wingstop is like Christmas every day. And <laughs> technology is a part of my life. And so having the opportunity to speak with the Chief Technology Officer at Wingstop just makes this twice as much fun for me. I've got to ask you to start for us, though, Stacy, by rolling back the tape and helping us understand how franchising connected with your world? Yeah. So I joined Wingstop, which was my first franchising brand in 2013. Prior to Wingstop, most of my background was with multi-unit retail, but one in particular I'd worked at Kinko's or FedEx office for about a decade. And that's where I met uh, Charlie Morrison, who's the chairman and CEO of Wingstop. So he and I connected and uh, saw a great opportunity to join the Wingstop team back in 2013. Well, you were there from early days on then from this high gear that your guys are in now. I mean, the big growth has been pretty much started about that time, didn't it? The story of the brand from, from my day one, and I know from Charlie's day one, has been grow, 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 scale, scale, scale. It's been a fun ride and one that has, has really been rewarding as a franchisor. You know, this may seem like a stretch to you, but in my mind, I liken your job to somebody named Fabio Lucy. Do you know who he is? I don't. Fabio Lucy is is the conductor of the Dallas Symphony Orchestra. Okay. And when you think about what his role is and what your role is, I can think of nothing that a CTO does that isn't like a conductor. You touch <laughs> every part of that company. I started thinking about it. There's nothing from franchise sales and development, real estate, construction, operations, marketing, support, training, finance, supply chain, distribution. What part of the world does your department not touch? I mean, second to Charlie, you've got the biggest seat in the house from my point of view. That's quite a compliment, but I will say that is part of what I love about being a technologist is because not only do you need to know your technical trade, but you need to know the business in order to develop solutions that can help the brand grow and scale. So I do believe you have to wear two hats in technology to be successful, and, and I think that's what keeps us constantly learning and evolving. Well, I think that the gift you're going to give to this audience today is that you can take what seems to many to be overwhelming. When you think about that hit list that I just ran off, there are so many pieces and parts to technology in a franchise business. And some of it is forward facing to franchisees and some to their customers. And then there's internal things that have to be done. And then maybe things that face just the franchisees and not their customers. How do you help an emerging franchisor get their head around? Where do you start? Where's the beginning? And is there a beginning or is it just dependent on situational circumstances? That's a good question. Our beginning, here at Wingstop was really to scale the business. As I mentioned before, when I came to Wingstop, I think we had about 550 restaurants, five or six different flavors of a point of sale, but the brand was really operating on cash registers. And so first and foremost, I think you have to understand what's strategically important to that brand and how you get there. So the first two years was laying a technology foundation, which included changing out a point of sale system for the entire chain so that no matter what we did, whether that was digital capability, 
capabilities, we had a common foundation in which to move quickly and with agility. So I think it does depend on the situation that you're facing, but the first couple of years is typically foundational, and it was for us at Wingstop. And what about getting franchises used to buy in on those kinds of changes? Because that piece of technology is part of their day-to-day life as well. So it's not just finding the right system that you think is functionally going to work for the organization, but then you have to kind of sell that to the franchisees as well, don't you? Absolutely. In our organization, we and our brand partners operate under a value system that we call the Wingstop Way. And that at our core means that we're service-minded, authentic, fun, and entrepreneurial. We also have some values that define what we're not. We're not complacent, siloed, or indecisive. And it's these values that really lay the groundwork to communicate needed changes to our brand partners. But of course, with a franchise or franchisee relationship, some are going to be resistant to change. I mean, let's be honest, change is scary and it costs your brand partners money. You know, we always compared our chain to a pizza chain, or especially early on. And so we knew, for example, that digital capabilities would allow our brand to succeed in the long run. In fact, we believe so strongly that we were, we as a brand were willing to provide incentives to encourage the change we needed with our brand partners. Ultimately, we were able to provide that foundation for our brand, that foundation I mentioned, changing out the point of sale system to a standard point of sale system over the course of two years. And then once you introduce a change like that, it is critically important to deliver what you said you were going to deliver. And that helps you gain credibility and trust for the next time. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's part and parcel of the franchise relationship in all aspects, including technology, but it's all about trust. And that's usually a commodity that's not entitled. You're not entitled to it. It's earned. So I couldn't agree with that more. What about some of the other things in the post-COVID era that we're finding ourselves in now? What changes have come through the last 20 months that may have taken technology as planned on your roadmap and kind of shifted gears away from what you thought you were going to find important to what you're finding important now? You know, I think for us is an acceleration of what we were already doing. According to McKinsey, we catapulted five years of consumer and digital adoption in the matter of the first eight weeks of the pandemic. And as the pandemic kept going on and on and on, that equated more to 10 years of digital adoption. So for us at Wingstop, we already had a pretty healthy digital business. And so it did accelerate our digital adoption somewhat similar to what McKinsey described. So we were very fortunate that we had made investments in digital capabilities early and that we were able to accelerate in 2020. Now more than ever, I think guests of all industries and all kinds expect convenience and they expect digital capabilities. And as the pandemic lasted, those behaviors only became stickier. Delivery became a bigger part of your world since the pandemic too, didn't it? Sure did, yeah. And are you embracing that third party only or are you bringing some of that in-house as well? For us, it's a a third party. We have a strategic partnership with DoorDash, which we had from the beginning. Also something that, again, we were very well positioned. We had tested and rolled out delivery very slowly, very methodically across our brand. And we're in a, a very strong position to accelerate that business when the pandemic hit. Our restaurants themselves are actually very, very efficient. They're small footprints. And so it makes more sense for us to have a logistics partner than it does to bring that in-house. Is a relationship with a third party for delivery something that a small franchise work can embrace? Can they get the attention of a DoorDash or are they kind of shut out by larger entities like yours? I think that depends. It really depends on the business. 
like I said, we considered ourselves more like a pizza chain. So delivery and carry out and off-premise business has been something that we've prioritized since day one. Of course, a traditional business like a dine-in chain might have a harder time making that transition to digital carryout and delivery than we did, where our off-premise business was already the majority of our business. What do you think about size as it pertains to technology today? I'm thinking back in 2013, perhaps, when you started with Wingstop. There were things that were much more expensive and harder to create back then than some of the -the out-of-the-box solutions that might be available for franchisors to draw from today. What are your thoughts on building it yourself versus finding solutions that are readily available? Yeah, it's a classic question, right? The classic build versus buy, which as a technologist, you will ask and answer over and over and over. And <laughs> it's the right question to ask and answer. But and if, you know, there are many factors involved typically. For me, I think there are two that rise to the top as being the most important, obviously cost and strategic importance. So cost, when you choose to buy, majority of your upfront cost and all of your maintenance are included typically in a subscription fee for ongoing access, right? And so the vendor themselves, the partner themselves can gain efficiency by distributing their costs to many different clients instead of one client bearing the entirety of the cost model. So it is typically a much more affordable way to embrace a technology solution. Strategic importance, you know, we really only build when it is strategically important to the brand, meaning it differentiates our brand, it's customer facing, and or revenue producing. And so for our back-end, back-of-house solutions, we will typically choose an out-of-the-box solution. For our customer experience and our digital ordering capabilities, that's where we would prioritize to differentiate our brand through a proprietary technology. I would say the word of the year for me last year was pivot. This year, I think the word that I hear more of than any is frictionless. Mm -hmm. How big a part of your world has that word become? Uh, With any kind of a digital commerce business, I think frictionless is a constant source of evaluation, right? Am I creating a frictionless experience for my guests? Can they transact in a way that is convenient? Ultimately, all guests want convenience in their digital experiences. So any change that we make, we're evaluating how that change is being presented to our guests. And if if it's easy to understand, if it needs more clarification, if, you know, we need to change the location and position of certain buttons or options to make that easier or more easily understood for our guests. So it is a part of user experience design that any digital business evaluates and reevaluates on an ongoing basis. Tell you what let's do. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I've got some thoughts and questions that I want to get your read on when we talk about web versus app or cloud versus hosted locally, those types of questions and your views on those. We're talking with Stacy Peterson. She's the chief technology officer for Wingstop Restaurants Incorporated. We'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zorforum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zorforum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zorforum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. 
Zor Forum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at zorforum.com. That's www.zorforum.com. And we're back with Stacy Peterson, Chief Technology Officer for Wingstop. I guess I'm going to open this segment with just a question about the bridge between technology and marketing and the fuzz of the lines between those two has gotten really, really gray over the years as technology and marketing have become almost one and the same. And so many companies now creating a new position in some cases called a CMTO. I don't think you do it that way at Wingstop, but your thoughts on both. We don't at Wingstop. We have marketing functions and technology functions, but the intersection between marketing and technology is certainly much more blurred when it comes to having a digital business. And at Wingstop, our biggest storefront is our digital storefront. So marketing and technology has to work closer together now than they ever did on behalf of a digital business. And when you introduce to that the brilliance, and I think it truly is brilliance on Charlie Morrison's part, to double down on the creation of a new brand, if you will, with Thighstop because of the accelerating price of chicken wings and the shortage of wings, to be able to introduce more parts of the bird and do better on the supply chain side is brilliant. But doubling down on it by introducing yet another brand, I think that was tremendous. I think that was one of the smartest plays I've seen in my 15 or 20 years around the chicken wing business. So do you think that'll last? Is that going to be an ongoing or a short-term play for Thighstop? This is definitely a trend that was started with the delivery marketplaces, the DoorDash marketplace or the Uber Eats marketplace. And you saw during the pandemic, many of the traditional dine-in restaurants, when they were unable to service dine-in guests, many of them had to pivot quickly and create a virtual brand so that they could just keep cash flow coming in the doors. Luckily, that wasn't the exact challenge at Wingstop. We used it as a great way to introduce a new product onto our menu. We had the choice of introducing thighs into the Wingstop menu or following this trend of virtual brands, of which we were very well positioned to be able to take advantage of. We basically used a virtual brand as a way to introduce a new product offering. And so when you look forward to post-COVID era now and the things that you've learned from coming through that 18 or 19 months that we've been living with this massive change in our lives. What are some of the technologies moving forward that you see on the horizon that you might not have been thinking about before? Well, I'll answer that with kind of a do more and do less. I would say on the do more all brands have got to be digitally capable. And that may have, as you mentioned, Stan, other extensions that might have delivery extensions, that might have carryout extensions, that might have curbside extensions. Depending on the brand, one or all of those may make sense for you. On the do less, I think restaurants can really leapfrog technology in some ways. During the pandemic, consumers became very used to using QR codes to access menus. And so, If you think about self-service, that is a way of self-serving a menu to a guest. And we learn from other industries of the past. Let's think about the airlines. The airlines, when they first introduced self-service, they introduced that through kiosks, right? And there was rows and rows and rows and seas of kiosks that helped guests be able to enter into the self-service landscape. 
And as consumers became more comfortable, they migrated into more economic ways of providing that self-service through an app or, or the web. And, and the kiosks have, they're still there, but they have reduced. And I think restaurants have the opportunity to leapfrog kiosk technology, utilize this behavior that became dominant during COVID using the QR code. If you're already using the QR code to access your menu and you're already on a menu page, being able to fulfill in digital ordering is just kind of the next step in that evolution. So I think we can have a cost avoidance and, and leapfrog opportunity with a kiosk in our industry. Can you spend a minute talking about your database and the point of view that Wingstop takes from a competitive set of looking at itself more as a standalone, as a one-of-a-kind in its market segment, and not really as anxious to get into the discounting game or into the app sphere as compared to the web sphere. What are your thoughts around either or both? Meaning app or web? Yes. Ideally both. But if you can't do both, I think you just need to look at the consumer behavior of your consumer. So for example, as a consumer, I personally don't have an app for every restaurant where I may visit. I have apps reserved for the restaurants where I'm most loyal or most frequent. And I think a good example here in our industry is Starbucks. Starbucks enjoys almost a daily frequency with their guests. So they have, obviously, if you had to make this decision for Starbucks, I think an app makes sense where you have that daily frequency and taking it a step farther, Starbucks even convinces their guests to preload $25 on their app, which is almost unheard of in our industry. But I think that is a behavior that is unique to daily frequency and highly loyal guests. For many brands, I would choose web. One, web does not present a barrier to entry for that transaction. Guests do want convenience. So if you're going to order, you don't want to take the five-minute timeout to go find the app, download and configure the app before you can place an order. So mobile web is critically important, especially for a new guest to your brand experiencing your brand for the first time. Also, web connects better with search engine optimization functionality, and it is typically more affordable than the app. So I would say both, but if you can't do both, look at your consumer behavior and prioritize accordingly. What about geofencing? Is that part of your world? It is. We really look at geofencing as a future opportunity for us to be able to provide dine-in capabilities within our restaurant. Because we are such a takeout-focused business, we don't have reservations for tables or space inside of our restaurants. And not all of our restaurants are reopened. We do imagine being able to provide a dine-in experience for our guests, for those that choose to dine-in. And we would geofence that to where they can't place an order until they're on-premise so that they know if a table is available or not. So that's one way of solving one of our kind of real estate opportunities, which is very small and efficient restaurants that's built for a takeout location. And then what about web-based remarketing? Do you do any of that? We do retarget on social media, where if you're a guest of Wingstop, we will try to surface ads to you on your social media accounts. Is there too much of that going on, do you think? Do people not understand that, frankly, if I see a retargeted message coming my way on maybe every fifth or sixth or seventh click, it won't annoy me. In fact, I'll sit with wonderment and say, how is it all of a sudden I'm seeing Wingstop everywhere I turn? But when franchisors sometimes overdo that, do you think there's kind of an invasion that could be a negative impact as opposed to working positively? How much is too much? Yeah, I think that's a good question. And privacy is extremely important. Our guests can opt out of communications if they want to, and we respect that. As a consumer, I personally quite appreciate it because if I am searching for something, and it knows that I'm searching for something and my browser now pulls up similar things that I'm searching for, I find that 
helpful to me as a consumer, but everyone has a different position and that's why some may register and, and some may ask for their privacy. Terrific. Let me ask you, Stacey, is there anything at this juncture that I haven't asked you that you wished I might have? I don't think so. The only thing that we talked about before, Stan, was planning and mm -hmm. how long did brands plan their technology strategy. And I think now more than ever, brands have to be agile. I mean, agile is certainly a, a buzzword, but over the last 15 months, agility has been the name of the game. And no one could have predicted what happened with COVID, how long COVID lasted, but being agile in your business is critical to the success of your business, in my mind. And even as at the top level at our brand, we ask ourselves on a quarterly basis at the business planning level, what is most important right now? And we make sure that we are working on the things that are most critical and prioritize those activities that are most critical to our brand. And then from there, after prioritizing, we've got to make sure that we communicate that and provide clarity to our organization on why, what are the whys, what is most important and why is it most important? And it's that clarity that really establishes trust both throughout the organization, the corporate organization, but also the brand partner organization. So I think you're seeing tenants of technology and agile software development practices occur even at the highest business planning level in, in many organizations. And I don't think that you can go out as far as one might have roadmap anyway, with changes that have come onto the landscape as quickly as they have, there'd be very little sense to me, and COVID proved it, planning too far ahead and getting ahead of your skis when life and business have changed so dramatically over the last year and a half, and technology has had to march quicker than ever. Technology's always been quick-paced, but I've never seen so many changes that were so needed so quickly, That's and right. it didn't matter whether you were large or small, right? That's right. Both business and technology has to be more agile today than they were in years past. Stacy, I want to take one more minute before we ask you to share any contact information that you might, but I would like to give you a moment to share with the audience a little bit about Wingstop Charities, which you chair, I understand. That's right. Thank you. Yes, we started Wingstop Charities in 2016 to make sure that we were giving back to the communities that we serve. We focus on serving our youth in the area of arts, career development, sports, and education. And is this a national undertaking? It is. And when we first relaunched Wingstop Charities, we wanted to do it in a way that was authentic to our brand. So the idea is our brand partners have already been out there in the communities that they serve, giving back to their communities. And so we wanted to help amplify their voice and the good work that they're already doing. So the idea is if a, if a brand partner supports an organization or a cause and it ladders up to our pillars, arts, career development, sports, or education, they can apply for a grant and Wingstop Charities will provide a essentially a matching donation to amplify the voice in the community that they're already serving. Well, that sounds fantastic. I'd love for you to share with the audience how they can get information from you about Wingstop and more information if they're interested in learning more about Wingstop Charities as well. Sure. Well, Wingstop Charities is available on the web at wingstopcharities.org and me personally, Peterson at wingstop.com. Stacy, can't thank you enough for doing this today. Thank you so much, Stan. Appreciate the time. Well, that does it for today. Coming up in the weeks ahead, Peter Holt, CEO of the Joint Chiropractic, will join us. My good friend Jerry Henley, a systems and soul coach and president of Launch to Growth, will stop by. And Joe Seavey, vice president of franchise development for Inspire Brands, will talk about their explosive, if not meteoric, growth. A great lineup taking us into the busy fall season and the tail end of Q3. Until next time, I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you 
you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.